Blog Talk Radio.
Father God, I thank you for tonight, God. I thank you for the revelation that we've been imparted tonight, God. I thank you, Lord God, that you got the attention of everybody that's listening tonight, Lord God. That every, you got the attention of everybody that would be listening to the replay, Lord God. And that they will take away from this message what you would have from them to take for them to take away from this message tonight, God. That your name may get the glory, God. I ask that you use me to your benefit tonight, God. However, you see fit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Prolific Fire, everybody. I am your humble host, Prophet Stacy. Thank you for taking the time to join me on tonight. As I always say, I pray that the word of the Lord will be a blessing unto you. Let's get right into it for tonight. The foundational text comes from 2 Samuel chapter 6. Verses 16 through 23. Then 2 Samuel 6, verses 16 through 23 from the E, from the NCV, the NCV. As the ark of the Lord came into the city, Saul's daughter, Michael, looked out the window. When she saw David jumping and dancing in the presence of the Lord, she hated him. David put up a tent for the ark of the Lord, and then the Israelites put it in its place inside the tent. David offered whole burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. When David finished offering the whole burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord all-powerful. David gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to every Israelite, both both men and women. Then all the people went home. David went back to bless the people in his house, in his home. But Saul's daughter, Michal, came out to meet him. She said, with what honor? The king of Israel acted today. You took off your clothes in front of the servant girls of your officers, like one who takes off his clothes without shame. Then David said to Michael, I did it in the presence of the Lord. The Lord chose me, not your father or anyone from Saul's family. The Lord appointed me to be over Israel, so I will celebrate in the presence of the Lord. Maybe I will lose even more honor, and maybe I will be brought down in my own opinion, but the girls you talk about will honor me. And Saul's daughter, Michael, had no children to the day she died. And somebody said, probably says, where are you going with this? Continue to listen because God has a word tonight. And Saul's daughter, Michael, had no children to the day she died. Again, in Second Samuel, chapter 6, verses 16 through 23 from the NCV, the New Century Version. Again, verse 16 says, As the ark of the Lord came into the city, Saul's daughter, Michael, looked out the window. When she saw David jumping and dancing in the presence of the Lord, she hated him. Tonight, I want to talk to those of you who are married, living with, in close quarters with someone you hate. Close quarters means 
you either work with them or perhaps you go to school with them, etc. In tonight's foundational text, David's wife, Michael, hated him. Now, it's hard to believe that she was just looking out the window one day, saw her husband dancing in the presence of the Lord, and started hating him. It's hard to believe that that's when it started. It's hard to believe that she was just looking out the window one day, looking at her husband dancing in the presence of the Lord, and started hating him. It's possible that when she saw him dancing before the Lord, what she saw as she looked out the window triggered some ill feelings towards David, triggered some feelings that she was already harboring, that she already had inside of her towards him, but wasn't saying anything about it. It's possible that that's what, that's, it's possible that's what happened. It triggered some other feelings that she was already having, feelings that she wasn't saying anything about. Right now, a wife secretly hates her husband. Right now, a wife secretly hates her husband. She despises him, and he doesn't even, doesn't even know it. But God knows. That's why I'm bringing it up tonight. Because she still treats him the same as before. But God says things are far from being the same. Somebody else, you're living with somebody. It's either a family member or a roommate. And you hate them. Ain't no other way to put it. You hate them. Or perhaps you work with, go to school with, or in close close quarters with someone that you hate. If this is you, if you've ever found yourself hating the very one you vow to love, the one you should love, the one you are in close quarters with. If this is you, if so, God has something he wants to say to you tonight. Tonight's message, married to someone you hate. Tonight's message again is married to someone you hate. First of all, first of all, if you are a Christian following in the ways of Jesus, you don't have the right to hate anybody. You don't have the right to hate anybody, no matter what they have done against you. You do not have the right to hate anybody, no matter what they have done against you. Romans 5, verse 6 from the NCV says, Christ died for us, although we were living against God. He died for all of us. Christ died for us, although we were living against God. The scripture says, when we were unable to help ourselves at the right time, Christ died for us, although we were living against God. So for you and me to hate anybody, so for you and for me to hate anybody is hypocritical. So what I'm saying to you tonight is, don't be no hypocrite. Yes, they have done some things against you. They have lied on you, cheated on you. Betrayed your trust, disrespected you, stole from you, etc. But answer this question. But who are we to hate anybody? But who are we to hate anybody? We were living against God. But what does that mean? We were living against God. It means that we had made a whole lifestyle out of living against him. 
We had made a whole lifestyle out of living against him. Every relationship we had was against God. Whether it was our mother, father, sister, brother, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife, every relationship we had prior to getting saved for real was against God. It was all against him. It was all against God because they were in the place of God because we had them in the place of God. Now, I'm not saying don't love your family. That's not what I'm saying. I would never say that. I'm not saying don't love your family. Love them, but be careful not to put them in the place of God. But Because before we got saved for real, we had them in the place of God. It, every relationship, Every relationship we had was against God because they were in the place of God. And no person, I don't care how great they are in your eyesight, should be in the place of God. As I said, love your family, but be careful not to put them in the place of God. Exodus 20, verse 3 from the New Century Version says, We must not have any other gods except him. We must not have any other gods except him. You must not have any other gods except me, says the Lord. Says the Lord. Matthew 10, verse 37 from the King James Version says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. See, it's okay to love them, but it's wrong to love them more than you love God. It's wrong to love them more than you love Jesus. So imagine how disrespected God must have felt, but still he gave Jesus to die for us, to die for our sins. John 3.16, you know we like to quote this from John 3.16 from the King James Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But just imagine how this son, this forgotten son, just imagine how Jesus felt. Just imagine how violated Jesus must have felt, hanging on the cross, naked. Roman soldiers gambled for his clothes, and he hanging there, naked. 27, verse 35 through 37. Matthew 27, verse 35 through 37, New Living Translation. After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A sign was fastened above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. You see how they did Jesus? And you want to talk about what they did to you what they did against you, and you want to hate them for it. Really? I don't know about you, but I just want to be found worthy of him. That's all I want. I just want to be found at the end of my days. I just want to be found worthy of him. So if that means I have to forgive what seems unbearable in order to keep hate out of my heart, 
and keep Jesus on the throne of my heart where he belongs, so be it. If I have to get, forgive what seems unbearable in order to keep hate out of my heart and keep Jesus on the throne of my heart, so be it. There is nobody on this earth worth hating. Hear me and hear me good. There's nobody on this earth. You can't even justify hating nobody after what they did to Jesus and knowing that we were living against God. Before we got saved, for real, we were living against him. And every relationship we had was in his place where he should have been. In other words, we were his enemy. But you want to talk about what they're doing to you? There's nobody on this earth worth worth hating. The love of God and hate cannot reside in the same heart. The love of God and hate cannot reside in the same heart. Pick one and you will lose the other. Pick one and you will lose the other, but you can't have both. The Bible talks about giving the devil no room. Ephesians 4, verse 27, from the AMPC. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Because whether you know it or not, he always is lurking around, looking for an opportunity, looking for a crack to be in the door of your heart. So he can get in and have you hating when you should be loving. Because when you give the devil room, hear this, but because when you give the devil room, what you're really doing is making room for all kind of lies to get started. When you give the devil room, what you're really doing is making room for all kind of lies to get started. And once lies get started about you, once lies get started about you, if you're not careful, you will find yourself hating the person telling the lies. You will find yourself hating the person telling the lies instead of hating the devil. That's who you really should be hating, hating the devil who is the father of lies. You should be hating the devil right now. I don't care what that person done to you. You should be hating the devil. You should be hating the devil because he is the father of lies. And that person was just being used according to John 8 and 44. The devil is the father of lies. God has not given us permission to hate people. God has not given us permission to hate people. And if you feel that you have a right to hate that person, believe me, the the reason you feel that you have a right to do that, the reason you feel that way is not coming from God. It's coming from the devil. He wants you to hate people. But God has not given you permission to hate people. But hating the devil is acceptable. But hating the devil is acceptable. Know the difference. Because there is a difference. Hate the spirit that's behind the lying, the cheating, the disrespect, the betrayal, them stealing from you, etc. Hate the spirit that's behind it all, but not the person. Hate the spirit, not the person. Hate the spirit, not the person. Proverbs 6. Verses 16 through 19 from the NIV. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes and and a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart 
that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Now, what I want you to notice from from these scriptures, from Proverbs 6, verse 6 through 19, what I want you to notice is this. I want you to notice that the Lord hates the spirit behind the behavior. The Lord hates the spirit behind the, behind the behavior and not the actual person. See, we spend so so much time getting all twisted up in our emotions that we start hating the person, that we start acting like the person. They hate me, and I'm going to hate them back. Where is God in all of this? It is not godly behavior. It is not godly behavior. Which brings me back to tonight's foundational text. I know you don't. you didn't think I forgot. I forgot about Michael and David. We're going right back to it. Michael, David's wife, is looking out the window. That's where we left off. She's looking out the window. And in tonight's foundational text, she confronts him about taking off his clothes in front of some serving girls, which I'll give her this, which will give her, as his wife, a reason to be angry. She had that right to be angry. Ephesians 4 Verse 26 through 27, in your anger, this is what the scripture says, in your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. It didn't tell you do not get angry. It it tells you do not not sin in your anger. And do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Verse 27, and do not give the devil a foothold. But still, hating him was uncalled for. Being angry with him is one thing. Hear me, somebody. Right now, you're angry with your husband. You're angry with your wife. But hating him was uncalled for. But hating her is uncalled for. Beloved, I don't care what you see your spouse doing. Hating them is uncalled for. I don't care what you see your spouse doing. Hating them is uncalled for. As a married couple, the Bible says, come one. As a married couple, the Bible says, you become one, one flesh. Let me read it to you. It's Genesis 2, verses 22 through 24 from the NIV. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. And they become what? One flesh. There you have it right there in the word of God. You and your spouse have become one flesh. You and your spouse have become one flesh, which means the same feelings which means the same feelings you have towards them in the flesh the same feelings you have towards them in the flesh are the same feelings you are now transmitting to yourself in the flesh. You and your spouse have become one flesh, meaning the same feelings you have towards them in the flesh are the same feelings you're having 
towards yourself that you are transmitting to yourself in the flesh. God says some of you are not out here transmitting STDs. Some of you are not out here transmitting STDs, but some of you are out here transmitting hate. You're transmitting hate, and it's not a God. You're transmitting hate, and you wonder why your house is tore up. And you wonder why your house is tore up. David danced so hard before the Lord that he danced out of his clothes, which is what Michael, his wife, saw looking out the window. David had the blessing of the Lord on him, but he couldn't come home to his house and release it in that atmosphere. He couldn't come home and bless his house, bless the people of his house, not in that atmosphere. He couldn't release a blessing in that atmosphere, not with his wife going off on him like she did. Wives, I think you better... Okay, um, Harvey Tate, I'm going to put you on the air for a minute so you can tell me the last thing you heard. Hello, young man. Yes, yes. What's um, the last thing? The last thing I heard, I think it was when David, uh, when, when he said his, when his wife asked why did he come out of his clothes, in the beginning of the message? No. It was lagging a little bit. It's lagging. I could hardly hear the last part of it. It started lagging a little bit. Like going out. Well, did it lag? Um, how long? Uh, I don't know it started. Uh, hmm. Like five minutes ago? Uh, I'm gonna say about it wasn't even quite five minutes. I'm gonna say about a minute, Stacy. About a minute. Oh, okay, okay. I got you. Thank you, ma'am. Well, thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you back off the air. Okay. Okay. You see how the devil messing with this broadcast tonight? But this word's gonna go for. I'm gonna back up a little bit. Back up a little bit. That the Lord hates. And they should go back into what I was saying. Proverbs 6, verse 16 through 19 from the NIV. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Halted eyes, a lion's tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into, into evil, of a false witness who pours our lives in a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Notice that what the Lord hates is the spirit behind the behavior, not the actual person. Which brings me back to tonight's foundational text. And if you're a husband or wife and you're hating your spouse, you should be hating the spirit, not the person. Hate the behavior, but not the person. That's what I was saying, hate the person, but not hate the Hate the behavior, but not the person. Hate the spirit, but not the actual person. Which, again, brings me to the nice foundational text. Michael, Michael, David's wife, looking out the window. And in tonight's foundational text, she confronts him 
about taking off his clothes in front of some serving girls, which would give her, as his wife, a reason to be angry. Come on now, we all was married to David. If each one of us had the opportunity to be married to David, because they had more than one wife back then, if you saw him taking off his clothes in front of some girl, they standing off there, you know you would be angry. Even though he was doing it for the Lord, the first thing your eyes would see is that them girls are standing over there looking. So that he, she had the right to be angry. Ephesians 4, verse 26 through 27 from the NIV. In your anger, in your anger, do not sin. It does not say don't get angry. It says in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. And do not give the devil a foothold. But hating him was uncalled for. And I remember saying that if you are hating your spouse, somebody you're hating your spouse right now, you're hating him, and it's uncalled for. You're hating your wife, and it's uncalled for. Yes, be angry with them. Be angry. But don't sin, but be angry. But don't hate them. That's uncalled for. But, love, I don't care what you see your spouse doing. I don't care what you see them see them doing. Hating them is uncalled for. Hating them is uncalled for. As a married couple, the Bible says you become one. You become one, one flesh. Genesis 2, verse 22 through 24 from the NIV. Then the Lord God made a woman from the ribs he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is not bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of me. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. You have become one flesh, one flesh. You and your spouse have become one, which means the same feelings you have towards them in the flesh are the same feelings you are now transmitting to yourself in the flesh. In other words, if you're talking about them, you're talking about yourself because you're one flesh. The same feelings you have towards them in the flesh are the same feelings you are now transmitting to yourself in the flesh. Some of you are not out here transmitting STDs. Some of you are not out here transmitting STDs. You are out here transmitting hate, and it's not of God. Stop it because it's not of God. And you wonder why your house is torn. And this is when I noticed I was off air, right here at this part. So I got to go strong with this because make the devil mad. And you wonder why your house is tore. David danced so hard before the Lord that he danced out of his clothes, which is what Michael, his wife, saw looking out the window. David had the blessing of the Lord on him. Think about this. He had the blessing of the Lord on him. But he couldn't come home to his house and bless his house. He couldn't release the blessing in that type of atmosphere. He couldn't couldn't release the blessing in that atmosphere, not while his wife was going off on him like that. He couldn't release the blessing with his wife going off on him like that. Wives, if you are married to a man of God and you know for sure he's a man of God, I think you better think twice 
about what you say to him and how you go off on him because you might be missing out on your blessing. Proverbs 21, verse 19 from the NIV, the Bible says, It's better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. It's better to live in a desert with a in the desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. Quarrelsome, nagging, every word filled with hate. She was married to every word coming out of Michael's mouth was filled with hate for the person she was married to, living with, in close quarters with. Michael and the hate she felt for David, her husband, kept her house from being blessed. It kept her house from being blessed. Hate kept her house from being blessed. And some of you, your house has not been properly blessed either. Some of you, your house has has not been properly blessed either. Even though you pay your tithes and give your offerings, your house is still not blessed because of the hate you feel, because of the hate you're holding on to. David couldn't even bless his own house because of the hate residing in the atmosphere. He couldn't bless his own house because of hate residing in the atmosphere. As a result of hate, there were no children born to the couple. Together, David and Michael would not know the sound of tiny feet running around the house. They would not know what it felt like to have kids running around the house, all because of hate. Remember the last verse in tonight's foundation, the text says, and Saul. And Saul's daughter, Michael, had no children to the day she died. I wonder why. The woman was filled with hate. And hate caused her not to have children. The hate she carried harbored inside herself for her husband, the one she vowed to love, prevented her from conceiving. Hate prevented her from conceiving, from caring a child. Somebody, the hate, the hate you're holding on to, the hate you're holding on to is preventing you from conceiving, preventing you from carrying, producing, experiencing, having something much more in life. It's preventing you from carrying, preventing you from producing, preventing you from conceiving and experiencing, having something much more in life. So now you want to blame God for what you don't have. But the hate you're feeling is really to blame. But the hate you're feeling is really to blame. Think about it. I'm out.